Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. A peck in the house. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Amy, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio today. Thank mm-hmm. you for letting me be here. I'm excited. And I only like twisted your arm super hard when you were in my office <laughs> to uh, let me come in and be a part of your podcast. It's okay. My arm's back in the joint. <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> yeah. Well, glad to have you. And of course, always glad to be here with uh, our Executive producer Andre yeah, Suttles. Sir, good to be here. All the pecoraros, y'all carry good energy. Yeah. Nice. In, in all the rooms, it's just like good vibes. We always. love it. We cool. love it. It's good. So we're very familiar with each other, but yes. our listeners might not be. So why not you okay. introduce yourself really quick? Okay, cool. Um, so my name is Amy Pecoraro, and I am a wife, a mom, a small business owner, and um, I don't have a fourth thing. So mm. that kind of defines me right now. Nice. Um, I am married to Timothy Pecoraro. He mm-hmm. has been my dude for uh, almost 22 years. Nice. And we have three kids who I'm so stinking proud of. So I could gush about them all day long. Um, Gabriel is my 19 and a half year old. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a sophomore at Furman University learning, not learning, but doing his thing on guitar. He is nice. a guitar player. Um, and then Luke is my high school senior and will be graduating in June and then leaving us and going to Anderson University in the fall. Okay. And we have a little girl who is amazing and a little gift, and her name is Eden. Yeah. Uh, and I own Peculiar. It is a creative agency. We have been downtown Greenville for about 15 years and then decided to make a change um, in the middle of last year and saw an opportunity. And so we are um, at the very top of the cutest little city in South Carolina called Fountain Inn mm-hmm. um, and are so blessed to be in that area. We are absolutely loving it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's me. I love that. And and that's an awesome breakdown. I love how you kind of, you said, you know, I'm, I'm a wife, mother, business owner, and, and I'm not sure about the fourth one. I think we're all working on whatever <laughs> titles we have. Exactly. We're, we're always a work in project, yeah. uh, progress, right? So I, I love that and kind of unpacking the story. So um, let's go in order from, you know, wife, mother, what's the journey like? Especially as somebody who's engaged, yeah, looking ahead to getting married in the future, yes. and um, I like unpacking the no rain, no rainbow stories in terms of, you know, trying to give either tidbits, advice, personal experiences along the way that help you um, with those titles that you have. So, right. uh, first is is wife or any of the ladies listening. You know, what are some of the practices along the way that's been very beneficial to you in that journey? Wow. Okay, so (laughs) that's a great question. Um, You know, number one, I believe that um, love is a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so every single day, um, I have not always liked Tim (laughs) in the course of our 22 years, and that's something that um, he knows, but I have always chosen to love him. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is what has gotten us through some pretty interesting times. Um, and I think when I first got married, I thought 
I mean, I thought everything was going to be like unicorns and rainbows, like you're in love and you're marrying your best friend Mm -hmm. and you're going to start a house and just all these things that you um, aspire to as you're growing up and you dream about as a little girl. And um, and so probably about 10 or so years in, like I realized that marriage was really hard. Mm. Um, And I think it was then that I started really recognizing that some days were just not going to be as much fun as others. And that again, the choice was mine. So I choose to, I choose him every single day, Mm -hmm. every single day. I still do it. Um, I think the second thing is that you have to forgive. Um, and forgiving doesn't mean that you forget and forgiving can also be a daily choice. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with some of the things that you go through. Um, but, um, it makes a huge difference because if you choose not to forgive, then you're going to start storing up bitterness and bitterness is like a blocker. Yeah. It's going to, there are things that are not going to be allowed to happen in your life until you actually have forgiven and you let go of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to learn that and I learned that through a lot of hard lessons. Yeah. Um, I think I know going through the experience myself, it's kind of like, okay, um, to your point, a lot of people have said, hey, you know, it's going to be a lot of work. And, you know, I, I have friends that have told, told me and they're like, you know, I've been married for 24 years. You're going to make mistakes, but you always work on it. And it's I hear them and I, I'm taking that in. But I guess right. it's one, one of those things where it's easy to kind of see where we are now and, and you know, the, the, the glitter and the rainbows that are currently right. here. Right. We don't see the, the storm clouds that might be in the distance that we don't know is coming. Right. <laughs> and, right. And it's it's good to have that warning on the way in, but I I also think for a lot of folks, kind of like in it, they don't they don't really know what they're in for, and right? So I, I try right. and pay attention and and learn as I'm heading in there, and thinking like, okay, regardless of how great things are now, regardless of how great things are today, you know, there's going to be days, and we've Jess and I've had those days too, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, crap. We got to muscle through this. And you want to have those days because we actually had friends who, um, and this was early on when Tim and I were young in our marriage, but we were talking with people who were, they were thinking about getting married or they were engaged and they'd be like, oh, we've never fought. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like that's the worst. Because if you can't do it and you can't survive it and figure out how to get through it before you're in a committed um, place of like marriage, then why would you want to like test those waters yeah. after you make yeah. the commitment? Yeah. Um, so actually those, that couple uh, broke up and did not get married, mm-hmm. which was probably a good thing because mm-hmm. they had not fought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, glad, glad not that you need to right. fight. That's been helpful. <laughs> yeah. You do. You're going to have disagreements. I try to think of life as like a huge law of average. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because it's a law and it's not a theory. So we know it's, it's, it exists and it's real as in like they're, there has to be the lows for you to have the highs right. to, to realize that there is those highs. Um, and I always tell, I use this example, um, whereas like if I, if you were always paid in pennies, right? Penny, 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 penny. And then I show you this nickel and you're like, Ooh, I, I kind of like nickel and it's five cents, right? You're like, yeah. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Um, and I give you one of those and it, it, it shows you, the the difference in the two of them but then i'm like all right well i got this quarter for you and it instantly shows you why have i been working for these pennies like what i've mm-hmm. been getting nickels the whole time and there's something better than quarters and it just makes you realize how much better can we get how much mm. better can we get yeah and i always think of it as a law of average because like there's times where, where i'm arguing and i always try to 
try to think to myself, will this affect us three years from now? Mm, if it will, good. I'm going to kind of stand my values. I'm going to try to understand where you're coming from. I'm going to listen to you. And I always say, like, listen to understand. Do not listen mm-hmm. to respond. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to do that. But if it's something that's not going to affect us three years, like, I don't want it to seem like I'm blowing you off, but it's like, uh, this is petty in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something where it's like, we're, we have other things that we can worry about, other things that we can focus our cognitive ability to right now. So right. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one thing I try to think is like, it's a huge law of average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have to have those yeah. lows to have those highs. Yeah. Um, to know what it's like to, to have like, I don't want to say nothing or be in that, that kind of down place. Um, but when you do have it all, when you do get paid in that $100 bill and it's like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's when you are up in the highs and you have those rainbows and stuff. So. I think the challenge there is, too, I mean, as, as much as you might be similar to somebody or compliment somebody, it's still two people operating together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at, at some point yeah. in time, that's that needs to be navigated and worked through it, yeah. it, to a certain Separate degree. Lives. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Well, two people becoming one. Your second title was mother. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love kind of going down the story as, as we progress. Yeah. Because um, this is all leading into business owner, which I'm right. sure there's been the, the, the rain and, and the storms through that. Right. But through, um, you know, being a parent, a lot of folks, they don't make it. They don't make an instructional manual for, for no. parenting. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> What's that journey like? Um, you know, it's. The most rewarding journey, I think, that you will ever, um, that you'll do while you're, while you're here. And, um, especially knowing that you, you get to watch these like little people who go from, you know, all the, the small things of babies to where you care for them and you nurture them and you feed them and you grow them and you clothe them and, and, um, and hope along the way that you're like instilling some really good stuff into them. And then as they go, which again, my oldest is almost 20, so he'll be 20 in June. But that, um, that part of life is really sweet mm-hmm. to watch everything because when you're, when you're in the middle of it, when you're in like baby and toddlers and preschool and then elementary, you're not really able to see what the big picture kind of is. Like you're not, you don't have an idea or an image of what this person is going to turn out like. Yeah. And so you just have to keep pouring into it, believing that what you're saying is going to like resonate with them, that what you're teaching them is going to stay, that they're going to kind of remember this foundation that you're, that you're trying to instill in them. And so when you get to the part where they do go to college or they do go to work, I mean, I, I used to be in the the crew that said that you have to go straight away to school, to college. But now I'm like, eh, if you don't know what you want to do, that's totally fine. Like yeah. take a couple of years off or take a year off or um, anyway, but that's another story. But, when you get to see all of that start to like turn into something that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. and um it's so cool is it it's okay to be so scared so cool oh my gosh i'm scared <laughs> all the time the worst part of parenting for me so far has been the driving thing like having to let my kid learn to drive physically made me nauseous Mm -hmm. and then I got mad because he'd be like mom can I drive and I'd be like why are you asking that question to me um because I just didn't want you know you want to keep them safe yeah and when they're you don't realize that people say that the hardest part of parenting is when they're little Mm -mm, mm -mm. the hardest part of parenting is when they're old and you have to let them fly yeah that is the hardest part of parenting 
at least for me, it has been. And it started with the whole car thing. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted to get their license. They wanted to drive. And you want your kids to do that. Like, those are all the things that you want your kids to do. So the flip side of that coin is not necessarily something that I didn't want the flip side of the coin, but I really wanted to just keep them nice and safe and yeah. in, a, in a little home bubble yeah. for as long as I could. But that's not, you know, that's not what we're supposed to do. We it's, have to let them go and watch funny, them soar. Because I feel like Jess and I will have different parenting styles. Yes. Where I like to use the um, the pool analogy where um, I'm like, listen, this this world is, is the deep end of the pool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and a lot of times when we have the kids, we start off in the shallow end and they have the little floaties and everything. Yeah. And we get to the middle where they ha- they're on the little tippy toes. <laughs> they can just keep their <laughs> head above water. Head water. <laughs> but eventually, you know, they have to go in the deep end and you have to take yeah. the floaties off and they might swallow a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. And I know Jess is the kind of person she's going to be like, well, pull them up, pull them up, pull them up. I'm like, oh, let them swallow a little water. I think they're OK. You good? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. too. But if you can understand that early on Mm -hmm. and know that it's okay yeah i remember watching my boys um this was years ago um before eden was born so it was well over 10 years ago but we our house is right beside the pool parking lot in our neighborhood and so they were learning to ride their bikes Mm -hmm. and so of course when they're riding like you don't want them to fall you don't want them to skin their knees you don't want anything harmful to come to them but i remember watching them and thinking if they fall down and skin their knee, they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like as simple and as kind mm-hmm. of probably silly as that sounds, knowing that they could fall down, skin their knee, and then they're able to stand back up. And mm-hmm. maybe they're like crying a little bit, but I don't have to go running straight to them to pick them up. Um, it, was, it was like a little life lesson for me yeah. because it gets that concept. You see it all the way through to as they continue to grow because you have to let them feel the pain of failure before they're ever going to grow. If you don't, if you don't feel that and if they don't feel that, um, you know, it's like I used to help my kids write their papers because that's part of what I do in my job every day is Mm -hmm. I do a lot of editing. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I first started helping them edit their papers, um, a review like whether they were turning in a lot of times I would change a word to this or I would I would be like oh this is going to sound better if it's kind of rearranged in this way yeah and then it hit me that that was becoming my work and not their work and so all I needed to do was legitimately look at it for spelling errors for grammatical mm-hmm. errors for you know did they miss punctuation mm-hmm. or something like that but changing the work was not my job mm-hmm. it was just the editing part of it um because they need to feel that. So mm-hmm. if they get a grade from a teacher that's a C, then that's their C. Yeah. It's not my B. Yeah. Um, because they're not going to learn through my B. They're only going to learn through their C or yeah. under. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And there were a couple bombs I had to, to write down that you um, you mentioned that we'll, we can revisit at the end, but kind of keeping the story going and really kind of thinking, I think getting to the meat and potatoes of the podcast right now is going yeah. through kind of what we mentioned before your journey through um, business ownership, right. owning Peculiar and, and going through that journey. And even right before we were, we were recording for the Patreon uh, page, you were mentioning the the relationship you had with the company. Let the listeners, I guess, get a little bit of an insight onto that journey that you you're, you went through and I guess still kind of transitioning through right now. 
Yeah. So in 2007 is when I joined Peculiar and it was night of my, um, my husband started the company in 1998 as a music production company, like literally probably a couple months after we were married. We were married in May of 1998. Mm-hmm. And he's a musician, and so it started as a music production company um, in our house and um, just in one of our extra bedrooms, and he recorded uh, different groups that would come in. Um, and then it just made sense as it as he did more of that, it almost, it just morphed. So the opportunity came to make a video. And you know, when you're an entrepreneur, then you don't ever ask how, when you're being kind of, when you're being asked to make something, you just go, yeah, we can do that. I can do that. And then you're like, I'm going to figure this out later. And so that's what he would do is he would, can you make a video? And he'd be like, sure. (laughs) And 48 solid hours later, you mm-hmm. like m- emerge with a video and you've had no sleep and like no food. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know what just happened, but I have this video. Yeah. Um, and you learned a whole new program. Three years of subtle solutions. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I look up and I'm like, I thought I've been creating media for like 10 months. I'm like, three years in now. Like, dang, I produce stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just learn mm-hmm. what you have to learn. I remember one of the first weeks that I hung out with Ted and Charles. Um, we were at a networking event. And Charles was like, yeah, I got my homeboy I came here with. He do videos. He do promo videos. He does he does content videos. He, he does product videos, too. And they were like, really? And I'm looking at him like, no, no. Like, cutting, like give him like the little cut thing. And he's like, Negative. yeah, he does them. He does them. <laughs> I'm going to get you his card. He does them. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I see. see. Yeah, so this is what we're doing. But yeah, that's part of it. I, I think that's a vital part of it, too, having those people around you that push you on that yes. edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that good edge, that edge of like, well, if you slip, you're just going to fall in the pool. Yeah. yeah. Um, not like you slip and you hurt yourself. Yeah. Something yeah. where you yeah. slip and learn from it. So, yes. Um, I think that's a, a very good, yeah. very good aspect. And so. they see more of what you can be mm-hmm. than what you are. Mm-hmm. And so to have that, that tribe of people mm-hmm. that will encourage you to become what they can see, mm-hmm. um, I think that makes a huge difference too. It does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so he's like making videos and things like that, and it just continued to grow. So he was on staff for a nonprofit for several years, and when he was on staff with the nonprofit, it was really hard to get high quality creative work. Like it just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was the heart behind Peculiar is when he came off staff and started his own company, which again, he was like, hey, I literally think the conversation mm-hmm. between the two of us was, hey, I'm going to start my own company. And I was like, great, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And had no clue what that entailed. Yeah. Because I tell people now, I'm like, had I known like the roller coaster ride of <laughs> starting your own business in like 1998-ish, mm-hmm. I would have been like, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not your girl. I'm not your girl for this ride. Um, <laughs> but I was in it. So Click. that's, <laughs> that's right. Would have been, yeah, that's exactly right. Like throw that thing on. Um, so he started it, uh, had a heart for nonprofits, really wanted to just pour back into to those type of organizations when he came off staff. And that was the target was we can give you high quality creative work at a discounted rate mm-hmm. um, because that we wanted to see them do well. So we had our fingers, um, we're just really blessed and 
we're able to to pour into a lot of different nonprofits in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still a core of what we do. It is super important um, for me and um, just to continue that with Peculiar. And we do. We have a certain amount of hours every month that we donate to local charities or organizations, mom and pop shops, entrepreneurs, um, the local chambers, so that we can continue to promote business and help those organizations in this area and those companies. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but then in 2007, so it was going great, um, doing nonprofit work and in the um, professional sector in the commercial world. Um, I can't think of what that word is, y'all. Hmm. What's the word? Not nonprofit, but um, uh, oh my gosh, no. corporate. Oh, corporate. Jeez, Louise. Corporate. Sorry, <laughs> y'all. Oh, yeah, I've, been, I've, been, I've been out of there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so sorry. I was like, what is that right word? Um, so coming out of the nonprofit, or being in nonprofits, and then also moving into the corporate world okay. mm-hmm. and saw success there. Um, and then in 2007, I was actually working for another company in the area part-time, and they fired me. No. That happened to me once. Oh, my gosh. So um, it was because they had a commercial division, and they mm-hmm. decided the commercial division was not going in the direction that they wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. So they just cleaned house. Which I want to kind of unpack that part because I think a lot of people think, okay, hey, I have a job. I have a good job. Mm-hmm. pays well. And they get comfortable. They get they think they're secure. Yeah. But that's not the case. No. Because, I mean, you have – people behind closed doors, corporate, <laughs> that yeah. make these decisions that have impacts on their lives that, you know, one day it's like, hey, the, you know, this branch, this office, this position right, isn't feasible anymore. Right. And just like that, things change for you. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened because literally like one week prior to me getting called into the office, I had been on the phone with the leadership and they were like, things are going great Mm -hmm. and it's doing, and we're so proud and things are moving the way we wanted them to. And so I think my face probably fell off when I like walked in the office and my, my like direct report the guy that I was reporting to directly never said a word mm-hmm. he just kind of sat there and everything happened his mm-hmm. his um person over him was on the phone and so she was the one that kind of delivered all the news and he just kind of sat there and looked oh, at me and I was like man. um anyway so that was incredibly humbling to uh get fired I don't even like saying it and um you but fired your boss. We'll say that's that. what you it fired was. your boss. It's ultimate. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but as soon as I, I remember, I actually went to lunch with my sister because I'd already had that scheduled. Went to lunch with my sister, um, and as soon as I got home, I remember Tim like opened the door and he was like, "Go sit down." And I went and I sat down on our ottoman, and he just started speaking all this positive stuff over me. Um, which is probably a great thing to take away when it comes to marriage is when you go through hard stuff, somebody has to be the one to speak the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that, that was, that was so, it was like sweet rain coming down on like a really mm-hmm. parched heart at mm-hmm. that point, because I'd never had that happen to me in my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I'm in my like early thirties and I got fired mm-hmm. um and just having him 
come and do that made such a huge difference. Um, and then he was like, it's time for you to start and join the company. And so that was it. The next day, it was October of 2007. And like the next day I went in and, um, and started helping with organizational things just in operational stuff so like i wrote we didn't have a handbook so i wrote mm-hmm. a handbook um mm-hmm. and you know we didn't have a lot of processes that were written down so we went through processes and um started figuring that out i didn't know how to copy paste in like a, on a computer i had mm-hmm. no idea how to do that so like i'm learning things mm-hmm. as far as like email which i i mean i know a lot of our listeners uh might be millennials and whatnot they're thinking copy paste yeah that that wasn't always as that wasn't ubiquitous as it is now. Yes. <laughs> like this was in 2007. So we're talking like the inception of email and mm-hmm. things being the normal way of communicating. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, this was like prior to project management systems being digital and something that you do online because mm-hmm. we started and had a hard copy that we created where we Every single project that we had, if it was an envelope or if it was a video or if it was a business card or branding, like everything was written on this hard copy piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you we did a lot of it because when we moved our office in June, I was in charge of uh, purging all the old files and we had about 600 pounds of paper um, oh. that we purged. 600 pounds. Wow. Of yeah. paper that just tells you how much how many how much paper we killed Get a, lot a hand of cramp <laughs> I know um, but yeah it was that was, and so that was what I did I went in and, and just looked at all these operational things and how could I help and I learned I didn't know anything about marketing that wasn't my I didn't graduate with a degree in business I didn't graduate with a degree in marketing I um, graduated with a degree in education early childhood elementary education um, and I can remember when I was in school um, the, I knew I wasn't going to be a teacher from the beginning because it was too rigid for me. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you have different kids every year, but pretty much you have the same schedule every single day. You do math at the same time. You do recess at the same time. You do lunch at the same time. You do related arts at the yeah. same time. And that just wasn't my thing. I needed something that had more variety than that. Um, but what I remembered loving was when we had our class on curriculum and we had to develop curriculum for like how would you teach addition Mm -hmm. and how would you do subtraction and I can remember making some little boat thing and I just remember when I made it I was like this is so much fun yeah like if I do I'm never going to teach but I would totally um, build curriculum and design curriculum and like the stuff that goes along with it isn't that crazy how like there are some aspects of the things that we do that we really enjoy and love yet the the thing overall might not be that enjoyable like for example when um i first jumped into college studying computer science i first got into penn state for computer um engineering i was more of the hardware aspect of it that's what i liked yeah when it came to computer science that was more of like the coding and the programming behind it andre i don't know how you majored in computer science i did not like it and my schooling suffered from it but once i found um meteorology and weather and now kind of like where i am now i have like a good kind of balance between a love of media a love of technology and i couple that with my knowledge in weather and my passion for science and that's what got me right my career but it didn't the dots don't connect until hindsight 
Right, right. In that cold though, that you can like look back, like you say, and you can see all these different things that are like starting to form this really cool mm-hmm. puzzle, which mm-hmm. is your life or story, which is your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just those little things along the way that you really connected with mm-hmm. um, and made a difference. So well, yeah. What would you tell somebody that's whether they're 18, 25, 35, 50, and they're kind of thinking like, oh gosh, I, my dots don't connect yet. Yeah. You know, they might not know what direction they're going and they're like, um, I see these dots, but they don't connect. How can they build a picture? Yeah. I think you just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to, you have to do the work. Um, and that's something we've talked about a lot with our kids is, and to our kids is, I remember my parents having a full, they have a full house of furniture. And so, um, they had, then they had a sofa and they had an end table and they had lamps and they had all, you know, they had the, the shelves, the big bookshelves and all of those things, but they didn't start there Mm -hmm. and they didn't have all of that the first day that they said I do when they got married. And so they had to do the work to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, they had to like, they had to decide what kind of style they like. They had to save money. They had to sacrifice on things that they wanted. So maybe they didn't eat out as much or maybe they didn't, you know, my mom didn't buy all the clothes that she wanted or, or whatever the case may be. But there's something that you have to be willing to sacrifice to be able to get something. And so that is, I think, what we have talked to our kids about as well is you to figure that out you have to be willing to do the hard work and then along the way I feel like you get insights like what you did Mm -hmm. and what I did into the things that really connects with what's inside of your heart like like you said you the computer science was not your jam what was your jam was learning to understand technology and then this love of science, which maybe didn't translate to computers, but it translated into the meteorology part that you do now. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you get these little snippets of who you were really made to be as you do the work. You're not going to figure that out just sitting and waiting for it to manifest itself supernaturally or magically or divinely, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to get in there and get your hands dirty. Absolutely. Um, I always used, I like to use the analogy of standing in the middle of a dark room. And whenever when someone, someone's lost, they're like, well, some people are like, oh, well, it's easy for you. You have your, your, your direction. You know where you're going. Right. Right. And I'm like, well, that, that didn't happen off the bat. Right. You know, I've, I'm going to be 32 now when I started my first company, which was a ridiculous failure. Um, I was 21. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I didn't want to work at the law firm that I was currently working at. So I would do what my skills were at the time. I would mix it with my passion, which was weather and events in the area. And I just started. And if you're in that dark room, you just put your hands out in front of you and start walking forward. Yeah. And then you come against the wall and you still can't see anything, but you have a wall and just run along that wall and then you find a door and you open that door and you don't know what the next room is. It's dark also, but you just... I start doing the same thing over and over again. And then like, next thing I know, I'm like, oh, there's a window. I'm going to jump out of it. <laughs> I'm going to jump I'm gonna out close of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or close the window. Yeah. You might look at the window and be like, no, nah, I don't want any of that. <laughs> not me. You know? But that I mean that, that at least you're getting somewhere. You're right. not in that right. room anymore. Yeah. You're moving. Yeah. You're moving. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that I think you a lot of people, do it. they just get paralyzed there because 
because they don't know where to go, they don't go anywhere. Right. And I think to feed off of that, one of the things that I learned back in 2017 when I kind of had that moment was I had always thought failure was defining. Mm-hmm. And failure is not defining. Failure, if you will allow it, is like the greatest teacher that you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at what I had like, the things that I hadn't done well, or maybe the accounts, I mean, because I've lost accounts. Um, I lost accounts because of me um, and not doing a good job on it. And so all of those things helped me to and continue to help me to grow, um, to become and to continue becoming who it is that I want to be. Um, but I had to have that understanding. Like I had to realize, okay, failure, this does not define me at all. Mm-hmm. Like this is just, this is a moment. This is a season for this is something that I'm going through because I can I can learn from it, um, but you also have to allow yourself to be teachable. Yeah, and um, I think that was something that I never really thought that I wasn't. But now, in hindsight, I can look back and go, you know, I probably wasn't as open to being teachable as what I should have been early on. Yeah, and that will stunt you. That'll kind of that'll keep you in a space um, when you want to move away from it. Um, you just have to, you have to be willing to learn. Yeah. It's be willing to learn. You have to be okay with failing because yeah. you're going to mess up. I, I got to work on that myself. <laughs> I'm still not okay with being wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll, and Jess will tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll even stick to a point. I might not believe in at the beginning, but as we, like <laughs> I get into it, cause this is like yeah. my personality style. Yeah. Like I like having like fun little debates. Yes. And sometimes I'm always like the I'm the king of devil's advocate. Like, well, what about this perspective? And Sound I might not even. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why we get along so well. But I might not even fully believe that perspective yeah. on that side. But I will start defending it like I do. You're so committed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like I just won't let it go sometimes. And I do need to work on it. And, and Jess, baby, you're awesome for putting up with it because <laughs> I know it gets Good annoying job, at times. Yeah, but um. Definitely something, I think you said it in the Patreon before this, I'm not sure if you said it in the podcast, how like recently um, you're kind of realizing you're a builder yeah, and, and whatnot. So um, one of my last questions, what are you building now? I, you know, I'm first, I'm building me. Mm. I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Let's not play small anymore, Amy. Let's high like five. high five. <laughs> yeah. Let's like do this thing. Like you get one shot. And I know you people here, I've heard it for years and years. You get one life. For whatever reason, it never resonated with me the mm-hmm. same as it has in the last couple of years. Um, and again, it all goes back for me to that kind of 2017 moment where I was like, you know what? I'm a builder and I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm building me, number one. I've been super intentional about that more than I've ever been in my whole life. And what that kind of translates to is we're in an age where literally we have information like overload. Mm-hmm. Like there's not, if you have a question about something or you want to grow in something, if you want to learn how to do Excel, you can Google, show me Excel. Yeah. And there's going to be a ton of videos on it. If you want to know how to learn how to do karate you can probably google and there's going to be something that's going to teach you how to do karate you want to learn how to play guitar you can google i want to learn how to play guitar and there's going to be teachers who you can buy into or you can watch their videos but we're in like an amazing period where anything is available to us yeah um and so i 
realized I needed to grow me before I could grow anything else because a person will not behave in a way that is different from what they believe about themselves. And until you believe that you are more than what you are, you're not going to behave like that. So when I realized that I was a builder, that was when I realized I needed to start with me. Um, and so I started with me and that is continuing. And I just pray that that'll be something that I'll have a hunger for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um, because I just hadn't had a hunger for it before. Um, and I think it's because I felt like, again, to what I was even talking with you about um, or emailing with you about was I felt like maybe I was done. Mm-hmm. Like, what could I do now that I'd like grown these kids? Um and I realized that there's so much more that I can do. So, yeah. and that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dreams that are in my heart are not there just so I can like think about them and, and then maybe feel sorry for myself or not do anything about them. Like I believe that there's a reason that every person is here um, and that there's a greater plan and that if we can um, open our minds up to the fact that we're needed in a much larger puzzle than what we understand, that that will help us to do the things that are really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm building myself. And then ultimately, I am building my company, which is called Peculiar, um, and I'm so proud of the work that we're doing. Um, there's some other things that are like rolling around in my heart yeah. that I want to build, um, and I'm working towards. I am not the entrepreneur in the family, per se. I'm like the accidentalpreneur um, <laughs> because I, again, like signed a piece of paper, and I was like, sure. Um and had no idea what that meant. So I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning to love the journey mm-hmm. um, because I've really not loved the journey until recently. Um, so, but yeah, I'm building yeah. me more than probably anything because once, as I do that, then that's naturally going to like flow into everything else. Like it can't not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I'm building think, me. Yeah, I think you're just getting started too. I am. And speaking of peculiar, where can folks uh, see some of your work? Connect with you, which I know if anybody follows the Modern Man, thank you, Peculiar, for the oh, wonderful logo yeah. that I am infatuated with. It's cool. amazing. You guys were phenomenal with it. Thank you. So, how yeah, can folks connect awesome. with you? See some of your work? Maybe use some of your services for for their company if they're a business owner listening or watching right now. Sure. So, um, Peculiar is on social media channels. We're on Facebook. It's just um, Peculiar underscore LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're on Instagram the same way, Peculiar at Peculiar underscore LLC. Um, we're also on LinkedIn. And um, and then I actually have a Facebook page, too. So it's mm-hmm. just Amy McAllister Pecoraro, mm-hmm. a lot of big names. <laughs> and, um, and then on Instagram, it's at the Amy Peck. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm on LinkedIn too. Yeah. Nice, Amy Pecoraro. Yeah, on LinkedIn. So yeah, I would love to connect with whomever. Yeah, it'd be definitely. super cool. And I have all those links in the show notes for folks, so they yeah. can just like, click the link and uh, and connect with you, Amy. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for the wisdom and the knowledge, and really kind of you broke down. Um, I wrote down kind of the title of the podcast is going to be stop stop playing small and build your life. Mm. Um, because you kind of, you gave us some of a playbook to the different levels of the life and what your experiences have been. And I appreciate you being transparent and vulnerable through that. 
And um, I think a lot of our listeners can get a lot of value from the things you said when you talked about love is a choice and you have to forgive through marriage. And I also wrote down another line when you said, when you go through hard stuff, somebody needs to speak to the future. And uh, also it was kind of a no rain, no rainbows reference when you were like, you know, it was like rain pouring down on, a, on your drowned heart. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. And um, parenting, when they're old, you have to let them fly. That being one of the hardest things, I think a lot of parents will probably have to suffer through that, myself <laughs> yeah. included, when yeah. that day comes. Um, so I might be calling you up for some yeah. advice there. Give me advice. And um, failure is not defining. I think that was huge. I think a lot of people, especially myself, needed to hear that um, because I get hard on myself with little failures and big failures along the way, which I've had many, and I know I have yeah. a lot more along the way. So thank you for sharing all that. And APEC, uh, wife, mother, business owner, and builder. I think number four, we, we can I like it. We could put a little pin in it, but I like, builder. I like builder. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Andre. Thanks for being here as always. And uh, to you, the listeners, the watchers, thank you for joining us. As we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.